Hello and welcome back to the Not So Fit Couple podcast with your hosts, Lucy Davis. And Benjamin Holden. What were you looking for then? Oh, don't get my glasses. It's I don't so think, hot today, I don't think they'll fit on with your headphones because they're really tight on my head. Really? I'm doing I the whole you, podcast on this. I bet you can't see a single thing. Can't see fuck all. But if you're watching on YouTube, what does Ben look like now, by the way, guys? They don't fit your, your, your head very well. Why don't they all? I don't know, it's a little bit small. I'd say I'd still pull these off anywhere, anytime. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. So, the reason why I got this on today is because we were absolutely <laughs> melting whilst recording this podcast, so by the way. Hot. What are we on now? It's honestly... 24 degrees. And it's quarter past one. Like, I'm sitting with no pants on. Ben's has got pants on. I've but got he's sitting with sunglasses on. on. I actually, do you know he's what? He's sweating. I, some people would say, because I've got... Uh, what are they call Like, Lycra shorts. Underline shorts with my shorts. But they actually help. With what? People will think, oh, he's got two pairs of shorts on it. He must be mad, like proper mm. hot. But when you've got a pair of testicles, it's actually ah, quite nice. So it, it separates it the almost sweat. Cup, it almost cups them a little bit. Lovely. So it's nice, yeah. Just fun fact for you there. I'm sure you probably wouldn't need a pair for those reasons, but... No, make me really hot. Yeah, just one of those things. Well, a couple of exciting bits before we jump into today's podcast. Let's take these off now. Yeah, are they hurting your head? Not really. Oh, they really them. hurt my head. Do you know what? I've just been saying again, I am 100% when you see me in the next podcast going to have different headphones on. But I say this every you week. Say that. I think you said time, that for about four months. Every time we finish, it looks like I've just been in a wrestling match of like a Moroccan rug because my head just got <laughs> shit all over it from the headphones falling to pieces. But very exciting news in today's podcast, number one. Podcast Awards. No, Oh, sorry. Calm yourself. That I thought that down. was the. Uh, you're really tanned. Am I? You look lovely, yeah. Oh, thank you. You're so tanned. It's the first time I've said that to me before. No, hello. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've actually just signed with. Oh, yeah. My protein. Yes, I'm so excited. It's been, uh, been a long time coming in the work, so I will include a link in the description where you can shop my my protein link. If you use my coach Benji, you will get 37% off. Your orders, I will be showing some stuff on stories that I'm currently using because there's so much my protein product, by the way, isn't there? Mm. I'm going to be testing quite a bit of it over the next couple of weeks. I have fully indulged in the liters of peanut butter and got stimmed off my cake with the, with the pre so far and I've started using the creatine and stuff, which has been great. I think this is the thing though as well with my protein, you have the whole active food range as well. You mm -hmm. don't just have your vitamins and your supplements. You also have things like the nuts, the seeds, the chia seeds, the peanut butter, um, the syrups and things like that. Well, I used to use it in uni as well because it's affordable for what yeah, you get any quantity. And let's say when you're a student, you have absolutely piss all money. You don't need to sell your mum to get enough money <laughs> to be able to, to buy protein. Like, I'm not going to mention any other types of protein. I've got some away. How expensive is some of the my proteins? Not my proteins. Some of the proteins out there. Oh my God, yeah. Jesus Christ. Which makes it really kind of like, it puts you off as well because it would make it unaffordable. Well, it did make actually at uni for me. I I had my protein because I couldn't really afford to get anything else. And the quality's got way better, especially with the pro range. And oh stuff. yeah, sick. But yeah, that's the exciting news this week. Enjoy some discounts. The other really exciting news is the Viewers Choice Podcast Award is now open for voting. So what we will also do in this description link, and obviously if you're watching on YouTube, salute you. We will leave the link to the vote? vote this is the, it's a bit of a pain in the arse to vote yeah. so why do they do this I'd why do no they make idea. it difficult it's people jumping through fucking hoops isn't it mm. you have to click on the link 
you then have to search the podcast of the Not So Fit Couple podcast, obviously, and then you can vote. Then they will send you an email, and then you've got to verify that you have voted once they send you the email. The only thing is, this can go in your spam or trash. And I know for a lot of people, this is a pain in the arse, but it would mean so much to me and Lucy personally. If you've taken anything away from the podcast over the last year, whether that be increased confidence, better self-esteem, education, a laugh once a week, it would mean a great deal to us if you can just hop onto that link, give us a vote in the podcast awards and um, and enjoy the rest of the podcast. Yeah, definitely. And it's one of those things where we absolutely love the podcast. It's probably one of our favorite times of the week where we get to sit down, chat about different topics. And I do think the topics that me and Ben cover are very vast we don't just talk about fitness we don't talk about health we talk about a lot of things we talk about relationships communication how you feel within yourself we talk about controversial topics that other people don't want to touch Mm. on like the intuitive eating versus calorie counting debate was very intense the conversations we had with Diren, there was a lot of debate in there as well. And we love a debate. We love chatting. And yeah, it would really mean the world to us if you did drop us a cheeky little vote and, mm-hmm. you know, share it with other people as well. On that note of, of different episodes, we've got a really exciting one coming up. It won't be up next week, but we're doing a podcast with the unbelievable Steffi Cohen next week. I am so excited. I'm hyped for that one, you know, because she's an absolute fucking beast. Yeah, she's unreal. If you don't know who Steffi Cohen is, by the way, head over to Instagram now and thank me She's got like 75 world records. She's like an animal in every sport. She's just like incredible, incredible human She's like, if you picture women empowerment and and like an inspirational woman, there you fucking go. Mm -hmm, 100%. She's fantastic. Um, Yeah, because we all traveling again next week it's been that's been well, been nice it's been able to travel a little bit more again yeah we're doing quite a lot of collabs with people at the moment which is really nice we get to move around the country a little bit obviously not leaving the uk yet we're mm. not going through that far are we not just, yet. not just yet but um yeah anyway do you want to anyway lucinda we can oh lucinda imagine if that was like my full name lucinda davis is that is the people have to get called lucinda I, oh, well, at birth, if, if your name was Lucinda, yeah. <clears throat> I think people will call you Luce for short. No one really calls me Benjamin, yeah. No. It's no, it's quite long, isn't it? Benjamin. Is it really long? Does it really take that much extra effort Benjamin. to go? Benjamin. Benjamin. I quite like ben. it. <laughs> ben. <laughs> yeah, Ben. Ben. Or Rupert. Rupert. Oh my God, Ben was nearly called Rupert. I don't actually know if it was, you know. You just made that up, haven't you? I didn't make it up. Mum said she was going to call me. Well, I was going to be called Ross. Do you know my what? Cousin's we, now called I'm going to have to try and ring my mum now. Don't let's, ring your mum now. Let's just see what she says. If I was actually going to be called Rupert. Because I don't know whether she said to me one day in conversation and was like, do you know what? We could call you it, but we actually don't know. I bet she doesn't answer. If she doesn't answer, we'll try and ring her again in the podcast. Because it reminds me of Rupert Bear. Yeah, that's what she meant. Hello. Hello, mum. Hi, just, just a quick question. Do you know when I was younger? Yeah. Were you were you contemplating calling me Rupert? One time, yeah. It was in all seriousness. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> I just needed to quickly confirm it for Lucy. Why? Because she Did she didn't believe me, Mum. Now you're gonna call me Rupert. Yeah. What what, what made you change your mind? Because Dad didn't like. All right. Well, that's that's all I needed anyway. Thanks, Mom. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
There we go. Steve-O not having the any of the name Rupert. fucking like, no, you've gone batshit yeah. crazy. Not I, no, I think Rupert is a beautiful name. I just, because I know you as ben, Benjamin, Ben, Benji. I can't pitch you as Rupert. Coach Rupert. It doesn't, doesn't flow my, as well as my, my coach. My coach Rupert. My coach Rupert. That doesn't, been, I would have banged that, wouldn't it? It doesn't flow as well as my coach Benji. Oh, well. But. You, you had the first glimpse of, of Gene <laughs> Halden, Mummy Bear. Yeah, that's hilarious. But um, this week's podcast, anyway, we are going to dive in. We oh, I'm literally sweating. That was I'm so melting away. Yeah. <laughs> oh, actually, it was. We also um, caught up with Matt's fitness yesterday, didn't we? As well, I was going to say that. We yeah, briefly caught up we'll with Matt. We'll probably get him on nice. some point as well. Yeah, good, he'd be a great character. podcast guest. Yeah, he's a good 100%. guy. Uh, but this week we are going to dive into some questions that you guys have been asking on Instagram because we haven't done one of these format podcasts for a while now, and I actually quite enjoy it. Yeah, I think people love it as well because you you actually get such a mixture of questions and a mixture of topics like. The ones that I have... Well, we pick five each, don't we? Well, I don't know what you put and you don't have, Paul. Yeah, that's quite scary, isn't it? <laughs> is it scary? It is a little bit daunting. Because you could ask me something I can just be as, oh, I don't have a fucking clue what the answer is. Well, that's what you say most of the time whenever yeah. I ask you anything. Yeah. So there's nothing new there. But there? did you want me to go first or did you want to dive go rock, in? paper, scissors. Who goes first? Okay. Three, two, one, go. Yes, me, scissors. Okay, calm down. Yes. It's not scissors. You're not putting two fingers up at me. Sorry. Do you remember what scissors. I told you about putting two fingers up the other day? Yes. Yes, I did. The archers of the Romans. I don't know if it was the Romans. Of the English. When they were, when they defeated the other people, the two archer fingers are the swearing fingers because they used to do this to the opposites. Mm-hmm. So they still had I'm not actually swearing at you guys. I was actually well, just they, showing they you what happened. They used to put the fingers off the archers like, obviously because yeah. they couldn't do it anymore and they just had them. Yeah. Give two fingers. Okay. Well done, LD. Thank you. I, I do listen. Okay, I'll let you go first then. Right, the first question we have today is I have come off my first ever prep as it's ruined my mind and body recovery tips, which I thought was a brilliant really question, question to yeah. ask. So this is this is basically recovery from prep. Well, she's, well, she's come off. So she, before she's even competed, oh, right. she has stopped her prep because it's ruined her mind and body. Firstly. Yeah. And that's a very brave thing to do because a lot of people will just go with that mindset of you've got to grind through, you've got to keep pushing balls to the wall like you're in the chambers and you've got to just dig in whereas for a lot of high level athletes i think that's probably a given that you've got to do that to work up to a certain level but where does it become that part of lifestyle versus winning mm. and like how much you have to actually want to sacrifice especially if you're doing it like an amateur level where what are you actually going to win a piece of plastic and have a big smile on your face is it really worth sort of giving up and sacrificing your relationships with food your relationships with other human beings in your life relationships with the scales relationships with your self-esteem and also potentially your menstrual cycle and other hormones that go amiss like it's just not worth it so firstly massive well done for whoever that was who's pulled away from prep mm-hmm. and and made a very probably difficult choice to do so especially when you put a lot of hard work in i think the next thing to do now is probably spend some time away from from dieting and potentially eating a little bit more intuitively because if you've been that in tune with prepping you pretty much like we spoke about in the other podcast you know what's in foods you could probably calculate things very well so taking away the confinement of my fitness pal for a little while and just guesstimating stuff is probably going to be very healthy for you mm-hmm. and i'd also recommend potentially for someone who's coming off prep it's not always the best thing to go whack your calories back up to maintenance for some people, like in this 
um, case where potentially calories have been very low and psychologically having to deal with coming away from that. Sometimes reverse dieting can be a good thing. I don't think there's any massive physiological benefits to it there might be some but the main thing is psychological for a lot of people and doing reverse diets and helping slowly come back up i mean there's obviously going to be some things in regards to where your current metabolic rate is at and may have crashed a little bit because you've been prepping on such low calories excuse me um so i would say that's the first thing the second thing just keeping it really basic is i think you need to completely change up your training program and and do something that you enjoy again because when you do go through prep training can become very um mundane mundane that was the word i was looking for mundane become mundane and very very boring and i think you just need to get back into enjoying training again and there would be my top two things Mm. and also potentially pulling back a little bit because you've obviously been doing i'd cut cardio up by the way fuck that you don't you you you're currently probably in a process of a lot of stimulus so what you're doing at the moment you're battling stimulus versus fatigue so you're possibly potentially going to be high stimulus and high fatigue you want to switch that down you want to bring fatigue down you want to bring stimulus down and just being doing enough to start growing again building back your relationship with food probably sitting more so on the social side of health and fitness again going out with friends and family on the weekend and starting to work on your relationship with food and, and making that a priority over just what you look like would be my initial thoughts on that yeah that's literally so i went a bit of waffle on didn't I? no no but that's so important and i think it's one of those things as well where please understand that you will get back to a positive mindset you will get back to it because i think during prep people people feel shit don't they and they don't feel that happy so she might be thinking now i'm never i'm never going to feel good about my body again i'm going to feel but you, but you will it might just take a little bit of time. And I think it's okay that things do take time sometimes and you won't just wake up the next day and feel amazing. It could take a couple of weeks. Like I've never competed for the exact reasons of that. I just don't agree with it really in terms of like a woman's body fat percentage. But you will get back to a positive mindset and a happier place. It might just take a little bit of time to just respect yourself and respect your body. I think the other thing is just to mention... Like, I did one show, and then I fucked it off because I hated it. It wrecked my relationship with food. Didn't enjoy it. Didn't want to sacrifice that much of my life. However, saying that, that doesn't mean that, that no one can compete. Then there is ways that you can do it more Absolutely. sustainably and healthier as well. And there's a lot of coaches that will help you do that. On that note, I'm not saying that your coach was coaching you in the wrong way. Maybe you guys weren't right fit. Maybe he had you going too aggressive from the start. Maybe your goals of where your starting position was, you had to be too aggressive to be able to do it. So next time you go into it, maybe now from doing this sort of recovery period and and focus on other elements, you may then go back into doing a prep and be a lot at a lot better starting point and potentially work with someone who suits you better in regards to like understanding the things that you've been through during this prep as well. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, that one ticked off. Mm-hmm. Okay, my first question is, and this is a really, this is one that came up the other day when I did an Instagram post about it as well. And it it's a question that I think we often get asked, especially as coaches with, with our clients or potential clients. And it's, it, this was the question, how long does it take? How long does it take? A, to, what it's meaning is how long does it take to reach your goals? How long how long will it take me to get my dream body is the, is the question, I think. So I think that's a super interesting question because it's one of those things where as human beings, we're always looking for new goals and to achieve new things along the way. I think it's important obviously to set short-term goals. So set like two-month goals. Then it's also important to have like long-term goals of six, seven, eight months. 
but it will take you it, that's a very personal question because it will take you whatever it needs to take you it could take you months I mean if your goal is fat loss you could achieve pretty good fat loss in eight to ten weeks if your goal is muscle building you could be talking six to seven months mm -hmm. so I think it's really dependent on what your goal is as a person your routine how committed you are what is your approach to that goal but then also kind of understanding that does then does there need to be a set date on it does there need to be kind of like i want to achieve this and it has to be by this date could you not just continue achieving mm -hmm. and adapting your goals as you go along if that makes yeah, sense yeah, yeah yeah i think that's to be fair i think that's quite a hard question it's a very to just hard answer. question i i've well i'm gonna answer it with the with the with what i put on instagram the other day because i think oh, this outlined yes. it very well so what I was kind of talking about is there's, there's basically a lot that we can take from this kind of message and there's usually an underlying meaning to the message and it's because the person has potentially been promised a false outcome by other people. So often a lot of the time we see like you can get from this to this in six to eight weeks, you can get from this to this in, in 12 weeks, whatever. And yeah, we run eight week challenges by the way, but by no means are we saying you're going to be from point A to B depending on where you're up to and obviously it depends on the individual in eight weeks this is just a kickstart to get you on your journey not a lot obviously with a means not a lot can be can be kind of completed in eight weeks the, the journey for sorry most people is going to be a lot longer than that and that's why i was saying you basically your dickhead radar should be going off if anyone's going to say that you're going to turn stuff around in four to six weeks mm -hmm. because it's not dependent on the individual yeah but one thing that you can promise is that you will be you will permanently be living at point a if if that's all if all you're focused on is is being this other individual and being this transformed person, you will live at, at this point a a lot longer than than you think, mm -hmm. unless you start thinking about balance, and kind of like what you really want to look like versus how much of your life you're really willing to sacrifice. And this comes back to that prep question in regards to you. A lot of people think they want to look a certain way, but until they really understand the process to get there and how difficult and how much of the life they've actually got to sacrifice. They don't really want to look like that. They probably just want to lose a few pounds and be a little bit leaner so they can be a bit more confident when on the beach or with the top off. And nothing ever comes from a quick fix either. True. You're actually, in fact, probably more likely to lose other things such as relationship with food, relationship with exercise, lifestyle, and potentially, like we said before, your menstrual cycle. And the thing that makes the process take a whole lot longer is if you quit and if the process is so hard at the start that you just quit you've got to start again and every time that you start again it takes fucking longer again and it just makes the process so much longer than it actually needs to be so people just need to slow down with the weight loss journey because weight loss can be easy and straightforward but it also can be as difficult as you make it so this is just a basically a, a reminder that a weight loss journey we're looking to to get it off and keep it off not just to get it off and, and pile it back on so if you mean that that process is so difficult and hate it the, the, ch the chances of rebounding are, are pretty high we know that in the fitness industry in regards Absolutely. to weight loss we're pretty shit at helping people yeah. maintaining so and at the end of this with this quote on on instagram so I'll, I'll tell you what it was pushing too hard when you don't have a sell by date it's a little like timing yourself having a wank rushing it doesn't leave you any more satisfied yeah, true. So just enjoy the process. Enjoying the process is huge, isn't it? And like obviously on the enjoyment side is enjoying the training. 
Mm -hmm. Like enjoying the training side of things and not actually hating your workouts or if you're a runner, whatever sport you're in, don't hate it. Like that'll make you quit. Like you said, you've got to enjoy, you've got to do things like that. So, okay. This question's great. You'll like it a lot. How do you deal with social events, drinking alcohol and eating out and I have no control over my food? And I think this is more prominent now because obviously I think things are starting to to open up again and social occasions are a lot more prevalent at the Mm. moment. Yeah. We kind of had a conversation about this when we were on the walk, didn't we, about two days ago because... In the where? On a walk, remember? I thought thought you literally said in the war. What fucking war? I I don't know what you've just said. It, it, it just explain to me in what sense me and you have been in the no, world I actually, <laughs> I really misheard you. That's why I just turned my head. You just fall too I can't hear anything with these headphones. I can't hear anything with these headphones, John. Actually, we're watching Harry Potter at the moment. Daffy Hallows Part 1 and there's quite a lot of intense scenes. So maybe... You're getting re- recollections of that? Yeah. Okay. I'll let you off. But we were talking about two days ago when we were on that walk. And... Shine away for you, hook you on in. Am I am I boring you? No, sorry. <laughs> I don't like yawning into the okay. mic. Well, we were on a walk anyway two days ago and I was talking about like when, whenever this is obviously where I was in this really bad period of my relationship with food and whenever we'd be going to like my mum and dad's house or your mum and dad's yeah, house or going out for occasions. a meal, I'd be fucking so stressed about just thinking about shit like what I was going to do the day before, how much I was going to cut calories back, how much I was going to have to over-exercise on the Sunday. I, I, I just never enjoyed it because I was always thinking about what I was going to do to prep for it and what they're going to be the repercussions of it and it was shit place to be. I could never enjoy anything. And most of the time, this just becomes from people putting too much pressure on themselves to look a certain way in a certain amount of time. If you're not a competitive athlete or you're not going to be a bodybuilder jump on stage, nobody gives a fuck what you look like at what time and how fast that you get there. So calm the fuck down, firstly. And the other thing is, if you're being so over-restricted through the week, that's what leads to these things at the weekend as well because you're just putting too too much pressure and then something's going to snap. And the, the thing that I know we do with a lot of clients now is we give people generally on a Saturday every single week a day to eat more intuitively and although some people see this as counterintuitive because yeah potentially you're probably gonna overeat a little bit the one thing that it does do it teaches you to have a lot more balance flexibility and enjoy that relationship with food so say for example you do go on a holiday or you do have a day in the week where you're going out you've you've been practicing doing that for 12 weeks already mm-hmm. so that when you come to do it you can just go do you know what i'm gonna pop out i'm gonna go for like we did yesterday i'm gonna go for brunch today i'm gonna i'm gonna go and have a beer on friday with my mates and have a steak and whatever or i'm gonna go for breakfast on monday morning and you have that fluidity there with 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 meals and food and a better relationship from just practicing it over time so i would say just keep that day in per week don't track anything, don't use my fitness pal, put it away, delete it, whatever it may be. And also potentially on that day, have some foods that you used to eat before you started dieting. Yes. I did this with a, a client and I think for one of her meals, she was just having like sausages, smiley faces and some beans. Cause that was one of the meals. <gasps> smiley that, faces. How banging is that yeah, by the way? She great. just used to have one of those meals all the time before shocking she proper enjoyed it and then then tracking got so obsessive for her she cut all those type of foods out because she mm. just 
became too obsessed and saw them as bad foods. Yeah. So I th- yeah, everything you said there was so spot on and essentially it's just everything in moderation. It's understanding that you can go out and you can have this, you can have that, you can have your glass of red wine, bottle of red wine like us the other weekend and when you do do it once a week continuously, your relationship with food in general gets a lot better. Your yeah. psychological relationship with food, not just on a weekend, but overall gets a lot better. And someone said to me the other day, oh, if you're eating at maintenance in the week and then you're having a surplus over the weekend, how are you not putting on weight? And I was like, my weight just is maintaining. I'm active. I'm on my feet a lot. And the weekend, I'm probably on my feet even more. But do you know what the thing is as well? Because you have that day of intuitive eating and it gives you that flexibility and you don't have restrictions with it because <clears throat> you've pulled that barrier down and the barriers and set so high you are much less likely to spill fair over it because there isn't as much pressure on it. So you eating more intuitively will just give you more flexibility with it. And will you probably won't eat as much as you would from labeling something, do you know what I mean, anyway? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I think that we've, we've covered that one pretty well. But my next question that I had was pretty much the exact same thing. Oh, really? Yeah, literally the exact same thing. So I'm going to skip that one. Yeah, and I'll have, a, I'll have a question less. So this is... Potentially one of the most important questions that we'll have so far. How many pieces of tissue paper do you use to wipe? Is that a serious question? That's what someone's asked on the on the question. Well. Do you know the reason I brought this up and there's, there's a very specific reason? I'll go into it in a minute. Because you stand up to wipe your bum? Yes. Ridiculous behavior that, isn't it? Answer the question first though. Okay, so if it was number one, literally probably like two. <laughs> Like, it's just a dribble, isn't it? <laughs> it's not going to lie. It's not, it's not much going on. <laughs> Why is that so funny? Everything's funny when you've got a drink in your mouth as well. Yeah. It's just, just a dribble, you know. <laughs> just, just a dribble. <laughs> it is. You're having a wee, for God's sake. I just get my last shakes in, so I don't need to. Yeah, to you're, you're, you're okay. And then I guess for number two, <laughs> really depends on the situation. I thought you were going to say it depends on the size. No, it just depends on the situation of the fucking shit, doesn't it? <laughs> How have <laughs> we gone full circle, by you. the way? About four weeks in the podcast, you wouldn't say poo. And you've just described it as an effing shit. Yeah, because so, cause some situations, it's like, I literally need like, I don't know, 10. <laughs> and then sometimes it's like... <laughs> is, that, is that like double fold as well? Uh, yeah, because you don't want to touch it. <laughs> and then obviously sometimes you wipe and it's like, what the, where the fuck's it gone? <laughs> Like nothing's happening. Like invisible poo. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean though? Sometimes so that's like that's invisible like, poo. That's like one sheet. <laughs> <laughs> one sheet is plenty. Remember that advert? Yeah, but genuinely, so I think it's a complete mixture in terms of your situation going on down there sometimes. Yeah, I well I've had to do something different because I reckon I use a good twenty sheets. No wonder we it just doesn't stop. roll all the time. Lucy, it's cheap. But I've had to start buying wipes now because tr- this is game changer, by the way. <laughs> baby wipes are great because you will use a lot less of them. I don't think, are you supposed to use baby wipes on your bottom well, though? Well, this is why I've bought these wipes called Anusol. <laughs> <laughs> what a name, by the way. When I was picking Anus, up on the shelf, I made, I made sure I swiftly check around. Did you the, turned did, it over in your did, basket. Did the double check, turn, make sure I went through the self-scan. Top tip. Anus because if, because of the, that red thing starts going off and you've got a pack of anusol in your basket, it's not looking good, is it? Yeah, it's been it's been a game changer for you that. But I it? reckon it's 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 cut 
my tissue use is down by 75 percent that's fantastic news and it feels way better on my bum as well it's like when you're a baby it's like friendly. when you're a baby again remember when well you probably won't remember because it's too far back when your baby when your mum used to wipe your bum with those baby wipes well i obviously don't oh, remember it's fantastic though how can you remember that age if you i can't remember wiped? but i've seen a baby being white with a, with a bit of oh, yeah, think, yeah, baby wipe soft. and i can just i've got that going through my head every time and it's sensational yeah well, that was it. But the reason why I brought question. this question up is because we had this debate when we met on Walkington Team the other week in London. And it was only me and Joe who said, we are, we stand up to wipe. And you were like, absolutely, a lot, of, I think a lot of sitter downers who wipe didn't know that people like us. They didn't know it existed that people stand up to wipe the bum. Yeah. It's so weird it's not weird it's wi- like it's weird for you because you never knew people like me existed well i knew that first time i walked in and you stood there wiping your ass i'm like what are you doing sit down <laughs> why are you walking in on me when i'm wiping my ass anyway because sometimes because ben we have that kind of relationship sometimes no and it just you just happens. don't have to clean freak that's why i was talking about the other week i literally no. can't wipe my ass in no, peace you, can. you absolutely can i can't which remember that first time i walked in i was like what are you doing like why are you stood up what are you doing you're like yeah. i'm wiping my bum that was something it was normal though yeah who you don't really get taught to wipe your own bum, do you? So you kind of figure things out for yourself. I just, I have no comment about it anymore. All you do is you do the slight lean to one side. No. <laughs> Use the other hand to open the cheek slightly and you go for a swift wipe. Cow's face is just the, by, like the, by, mine. By the way, the question that kicked it's... it off was someone asked how many pieces of tissue paper to use to wipe. So, Cow, wait till you, that is how you, wait do till it. you watch this and edit it. You will literally cry laughing <laughs> at what I just said. But that's the way we do it. I can't imagine. Why would you want to scoop under and go round and do it? You, you don't scoop under. You go round the back. So you put your hand there. Absolutely. What do you mean? You go under. You not. You don't have to go under to go back. You just go back. Right. I'm just. We're gonna leave that question there. I'll have to just give you a demo after no you won't have to no, give me a demo after no not actually pooing no that's absolutely no, disgusting no just to show I'm not sitting there where you I have a shit and I watch it down. no 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 okay. absolutely not that's not happening okay absolutely not I just meant to give you a demonstration <laughs> of the movement okay let's move on to your next question now okay we had a good 20 minutes this conversation to be yeah, a lot poo. poo okay really struggling with body dysmorphia please help and I actually wanted to get get the de- definition of body dysmorphia just before we dive in, in case people don't know. What was the question? Sorry. Really struggling with body dysmorphia. Please help. What the fuck? My questions are basically the same as yours. You know? I think people just ask us the same questions, maybe. Anyway, body dysmorphic disorder is characterized by obsessive thinking about a flaw or a specific part of your face or body that is often imagined or if present, exaggerated in your mind and hardly noticeable to anyone else. That's what it is. So you've defined it, what, how to get rid of it? Uh, more so, yeah, struggling with it, please help. So probably tips and pointers and cues. I I mean, I have loads because I've had this before. So if you need me to... I think you should probably lead the way on this one because okay. I think... To you've say, not really had it, have you? I've just always wanted to get to get bigger. And like some people will say that they suffer with bigorexia, but I think for me, probably the main thing is if you are too hyper-focused on just the way that you look. If we, if we generally look at health and fitness, pardon me, and look at like different sections of things that we can achieve, we've got things like health goals, we've got aesthetic-based, 
and we pretend it's got performance based. And I think like we should all be taking a little bit of, of all of them and, and kind of nesting somewhere in between. If we're too like aesthetic, just aesthetic based, like this question is potentially about, we forget about the health part, we forget about the performance part, and we become too hyper-focused on just the way that we look, which I don't think is ever healthy. I think if we just become too performance focused, some people like they get a bit out of shape, they don't feel confident. There's, there's, and that's why it's good to get a blend of all of them. Of course, you can be more driven to one, you can be more performance driven, you can be more aesthetics driven. But I think having a little bit of everything, especially if you're in that position, maybe coming away and focus on your health or your performance for a little bit, setting up some metrics to try and progress those, taking the pressure away just from the way that you look, may be very helpful. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. And I do think, basically, I really, really struggled with body dysmorphia when I had my eating disorder. So I don't know if they're quite heavily related when you're going through quite a poor relationship with food, psychologically, uh, mental health. They're probably all correlated because with body dysmorphia, it actually links in quite heavily with OCD as well, which I didn't know before doing a bit of research. But one of the first things that anyone suffering with body dysmorphia should do is actually look for a therapist and specifically CBT therapy, which is cognitive behavioral therapy, because the person who is suffering needs to become aware of the negative self-talk because that's what it is. You look in the mirror and you're pinpointing absolutely everything that you hate Mm. about yourself. So a lot of it is to do with the language. So rather than looking in the mirror and saying, oh my God, I absolutely hate my legs. I hate them so much. And really pulling them apart. One small step you can take every single day is to develop an awareness of how you actually talk to yourself. So you can eventually break those habits because automatically a lot of people with body dysmorphia are going to look in the mirror or a reflection in the window or, or whatever it is and automatically start critiquing, mm-hmm. not not pulling out the positive things about themselves or being kind to themselves. And what I always used to try and do is, if if somebody else wouldn't say it to me, why am I saying it to myself? Yeah, I try to remember being like, I would never ever say this to anyone. So what's the difference? Why would I, why would I be so horrible about myself and I used to really pinch my skin a lot I thought I was overweight when I was underweight which is obviously a massive common thing with an eating disorder but definitely recognizing and understanding and having that positive self-talk seeking therapy therapy is great for negative self-talk and self-awareness and how you feel about yourself but yeah that is just my perspective I think that's important what you just touched on there like it's unbelievable how brutal we are to ourselves you know there's no one else ever on earth who's going to be as brutal to you and disrespectful to you and critique you as much as you will do yourself. Yeah. And if you think about it, it's disgusting how how much you actually do it to, to yourself. Yeah. I think we still do it now sometimes. Oh, I think everyone does it, everyone by the way. Everyone does it. And it's, it's about obviously trying to be in tune with that and recognize when you're doing it so that you can give yourself those positive things as well. But... It is uh, is a difficult one. I'm 100. I think therapy is probably the the best option to to deal with that. Yeah, if it's real, if it's like you really, really can't deal with it and it's affecting like your mental health, I think therapy is a great option. Yeah, for for me personally, like if, if that's not an option, then it's potentially looking on different metrics and different goals or working with a coach who's going to help you deal with that yeah. as well. Yeah, I guess like not just a therapist. Yeah. Like a lot of my clients have actually struggled with body image and how they feel about themselves and how they critique themselves. And I, as a coach, have been able to help them through that. 
And I'm not a therapist, yeah. but I am a personal trainer. Yeah, and that's, a, that's the importance of a coach. A coach isn't just going to get you from A to B. They're going to completely change your mindset and develop you along the way. Although that may not be the goal that is put on your questionnaire, that is what will come as a as a byproduct of it and probably the most important thing. Yeah. Okay, so another question from me, not from me, but um, from someone who's asked a question I'm going to put to you. What are your thoughts on F45 training or classes? I always get asked this and ask a question all Always the time. comes up, doesn't it? So that's why I thought we'd, we'd address it. I th- well, to be fair... I don't massively know what it is. I know it's very, is it insanity and like hit training, it's, a lot of jumping around? It's a, it's, a, it's a lot of high intensity based training, yeah, like getting jumping, in, big, plyo, in big groups, classics, burpees, yeah, classes, that yeah. kind of vibe. I mean, if you're doing a few sessions a week, I don't really see a problem, especially if you actually enjoy it. And it's a fun thing for you to do with a group of people. However, if you have the mindset of going just to burn calories or just to sweat, I don't think that's a positive relationship that somebody would have with F45 because I think it's one of those things where people go really consistently. I think they do like a good five or six sessions a week, which I absolutely would not recommend. Doing HIT sessions more than, I'd say more than five times a week, maybe even four, isn't good for your joint health. Mm -hmm. It's not good for your knees, your hips, your ankles. Maybe now you're thinking this is so sound, burning loads of calories. Okay, in five years, your knees will absolutely hate you if you've done like five hit sessions a week for X amount of time. And you get these people being like, it's low impact hit. Doing a slow burpee is not low impact. It, it actually isn't. Low impact would literally be fucking walking. Yeah. That is a low impact exercise. Running, anything like that, jumping is not low impact on your joints. It's just absolutely not. I, I, can't, I can't get my head around the way that people can say that you can do low impact hit. No, it's not. That's not hit. That's not high intensity. Yeah. It's just low impact sport, yeah. low impact exercise. You don't need to call it a hit. But at the, at the start of lockdown, um, I was doing a five hit classes a week with some people that I was working with who yes, were like photographers. Were. Um, and then at some point, they bumped it up to seven hit classes a week uh, over Zoom. Um, and then about three months later, about six of the ten people were asking for recommendations for knee sleeves to help with their knee See. pain. Six of the ten people asking yeah. for knee sleeves. And it was all hit. It was like leg Knees. hit, cardio hit. It was ab hit, everything. Just hit, hit, hit. Burpees and then just burpee challenges, squats. And like, you like moved everything. away from it quite rapidly, I remember. Yeah, you didn't I'm, do it for long. I'm 6'3". I have bad knees anyway. So like <laughs> six doing, three doing burpees. Literally <laughs> doing, you know, like 200 burpees in a night and then the next day being like... Let's do it again. Cool, let's do some mountain and this is And this is the thing, like, there's, I don't have a problem with burpees. I love a good burpee, but not doing them every single day. This is, this is why so many people got injured through lockdown as well, by the way, and I'm going to give you my stance on it now. So, F45 training. It, I think it originated in Australia. So, yeah, it's basically like hit classes. That, um, and before I start going in, there is some benefit to it to people who prefer to dra- to train in group style classes because they're more motivated, there's more people there. S- same with like CrossFit, some people are more motivated to train in those group environments rather than on their own. Great. The The thing that I don't particularly like about it is that it's not, it, I don't I don't really care what you say, it's not training. It's not training. Mm, kind of explain? It's not, yeah. it's exercise. There's a distinct difference between exercise and training. Yes, exercise is true. exercise is just moving 
on a on a day to day basis. It's getting a bit of a sweat on. It is getting you moving. It's getting it's like Joe Wicks gets you moving around a little bit. It gets you a bit sweaty, and it gets you off your feet. Which, by the way, is better than you sitting on your ass for fucking twenty four hours a day. Yeah. Albeit, yeah. And I mean, this is where a lot of people start. A lot of people start by going, "I'm just going to start exercising," and it's it, it can be great for kind of like just all round general health. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's not training. Training, training is something that has a specific goal and a specific term in mind, whether that's short term or, or long term. And and training has to have an accumulated amount of stress that builds up over time in order to be able to progress through a program and achieve that specific goal. With F forty five, from what I've seen of it, there's no real way to measure those metrics and make sure that you are cumulatively putting more stress on the body to make sure that you are getting better over the time. Whether that's to be faster stronger uh more endurance based there's nothing specific and when we're looking at specific specific specificity specificity of training of whatever that may be we can't call it training because it is just exercise i have a counter argument so i think with f45 if you're a beginner and you started going i think by week 12 you would see improvements you would see improvements in your physical fitness i'm not saying that you wouldn't but that's still a measurement. You're still measuring that you can now do more burpees than you did at the start. But isn't how, Your endurance uh, is no, better. There's nothing specific in regards to the training, though, that is making sure that's progressive. No, it's not. I think the because sessions just, are very random. you just random. turn up to classes and you're doing random things. I'm not saying, by the way, there's anything wrong with doing that because general exercise to a lot of people is, is good and it gets them into doing stuff. Yeah. However, I would argue that is not training. Yeah. Okay, I'm a because, bit hit and miss with that one. Because there's nothing specifically designed from the worker to produce a, 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 or reach a desired result. I think what is interesting about F45, which I don't think is... I mean, this is completely... I can't really give a personal experience. I've never done it. But if you start with F45 training, I can imagine you become quite obsessed with mm-hmm. the feeling of burning X amount of calories and sweating. Because if you then pop yourself into a weight session, you're probably not going to sweat as much. Your calories will be lower. They would probably be low in just like a standard weight session. And I think a lot of people will struggle with that notion of moving away from burning, I don't know, 500 calories to burning only 200, 300 in a weight session. And that wouldn't sit well with them. And I mean, we've had people come to us from other people's clientele being like, I've been running to the ground and now I hate training. The thing with that is, is that people will naturally start to burn less calories as they become more efficient at dealing with that that training stimulus. And like I've just been saying, there's no progression in regard. Well, I'm 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 basing this off what I've read. There's not a massive progression in terms of of, of measuring those sessions because they're kind of random sessions. So you're going to start burning less calories, and we shouldn't be basing exercise or training on just the amount of calories that we're burning during those sessions. It should be a lot more than that and and then that becomes difficult because the other thing that we've got to look at especially if people are doing a lot of those classes the amount of of, of potential stress that that puts on the body can be quite high especially yeah. to beginners who are I more agree. likely to indulge in exercise over training so then again we get this kind of thing between between um stimulus and stress and then fatigue and fatigue comes way up here and it makes it a lot harder to recover and then people can't be arsed or demotivated the sore like Khalid has been saying that there's a lot of potential for injury I don't think it teaches you a lot about movement patterns I can stand in the front of a room and go 
do 10 fucking burpees, do 10 star jumps, run around, do more. Mm. To actively look at someone and go, okay, this is how we're going to go for the Bulgarian split squat. These are technique points. We need to hinge from the hip. We need to go into this lowering phase. We need to drive forward from the heels. We need to engage the quads, the glutes, the hamstring. There's, there's a lot more that goes into the teaching and training that over standing at the front of the class and standing and shit. I'm not saying that's the purpose of it. I'm not having a go at people who teach it. I'm not ha- even having a go at people that do it. I'm saying it depends on what your goal is. For me personally, I would prepare people to go in and do, do a training program, which may be inclusive of, hit, of some hit training as well in there, but it's more measured and managed in regards to making sure that people can recover properly, to making sure that they're doing it properly and they're not doing too much volume. Yeah, I agree. So this is this is my last question. Okay. And do you have another question? I'll, I'll finish off of it, but we've kind of covered it in your body the small question okay. before. Well, this question is, tips to build a solid client base for new personal trainers oh, okay interesting bit of a different one i thought that was a good little one to throw in there just just repeat that for me again just don't get the head around it tips to build a social client base for new personal trainers. social client base solid sorry 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 yeah solid client base i think the biggest thing that you've got to do is establish yourself as as someone who is trustworthy someone who is competent in what they're doing someone who's who knows what they're talking about and obviously someone who gets results yeah so if, if you're very very new to the industry i think that what you've got to be willing to do is work for free yeah because how how do you get results from anyone if you can't show that you've gotten anything before it's, it's very very difficult however i think the thing that a lot of people do and a lot of new personal trainers do uh, we're getting into the industry they believe that they need to be the most educated person on earth and by the way, there's always going to be someone who is more educated than you. There's always going to be someone who's, stress, who's faster, stronger, better looking, whatever it may be. The thing that you can't copy is personality and just being a human being. I think that's the biggest thing that people lose when it comes to, to coaching and personal training. And you are, you, are, you are giving a public service every single day you're dealing with members of the public so just be human people don't want to speak to you like you're a fucking robot people want someone to every now and again go it's okay put your arm around someone give people encouragement be empathetic be relatable to you don't have to be a fucking robot that knows everything and it's quite okay sometimes to go do you know what i don't actually know that but i've got someone who does or I'm going to go away and have a think about that. You, I think the biggest thing is, is a lot of new PTs put this, a lot of pressure on themselves to be a perfectionist with stuff. And the best thing to do is fuck up, learn from it and admit it because it makes you a lot more relatable to. Yeah, massively. I think what's important as well is you're, yes, you're 100% selling a service. You're also selling yourself. They buy into you as a personal trainer. So what is your niche? What can you offer them that no one else can. Why, like, so why would somebody go to you as a personal trainer rather than the thousands of others? Mm-hmm. I think having a niche is really important. We know our niche is having a very no bullshit approach, very transparent. I'm very niched into glute building. You're very niched into building muscle. You have to have that thing where somebody will want to go to you over anyone else. Mm-hmm. it's really important i think the other thing whilst on that topic as well is be as honest and open as possible because a lot of the time your stories that you are keeping from telling people in regards yeah. to content are potentially the stories that are going to help you bring in more clients because if you've struggled with it 
the probability is someone else is struggling with it mm-hmm. as well. And they relate, clients will relate to a lot more if you're willing to open up and talk about those things. And it'll bring a lot more people into you because they know that they can trust you. They know that you've been through stuff. They know that you're a human being who suffers as well. Yeah, I think as well, try not... Obviously, use other people in the industry as kind of like for help and advice. But for the life of me, don't copy someone's big, content big, big directly there, yeah. because you're not them. And you will probably get caught out if you copy people word to word. Like one of our friends, James Smith, I think it's happened to him loads of times where people have literally copied word for word his videos. Do you I, not I think you're going it. to... Yeah, Look at some of my old Facebook videos. I fucking told James when we met him. I said, yeah. I copied some of your old Facebook videos. I said to him, it's a good job you didn't say it at the time because you probably would have fucking gone mad. Yeah, and, and you I, probably learned nothing from that. No, no, learned nothing. It, and that's the thing, you've got to take you've got to take inspiration from people, not imitation. Yes. Is the big thing. Inspiration, not imitation. That's, yeah, that's what you always used to say. So just make sure that happens because you're not going to be, you can't be as good of a, you can't be as good as Lucy Davis as Lucy Davis is. You can't be as good of a James Smith as James Smith is. You can't be as good as Ben Alden as Ben Alden is. You just, there's just no doing it. So be yourself. You being unique is is the biggest thing. And then obviously you've got to start building a bit of an online presence. You don't need thousands of followers either, by the way, to, to be a good PT. I know a lot of good PTs who earn a lot of good money and earn more money than those people who have thousands of or millions of followers, well, yeah. by the way. So just, just bear that in mind because you only really need to service a small amount of people. You don't mm-hmm. need to service thousands to be able to enjoy it and make good money from it. Yeah. That was a great question. Um, so again, my last one was a little bit similar to your one before in regards to, to body image. And it was looking, I look at, I'm looking in the mirror and I don't love my body. What shall I do? And I think this is very similar to the body dysmorphia one that you asked before. It is very similar. However, I think that's more so to do with self-love. Yeah. In terms of if you're looking in the mirror and not seeing what you love, well, great opportunity. You can actually do something about it if you really wish. I think that question isn't really to do with body dysmorphia. Body dysmorphia is a lot of people who yeah, look know, yeah. who look incredible and see something different in the mid- in in the mirror. Having self appreciation and self love, you can kind of get that. You can obviously get it by talking to yourself positively, saying ten, telling you things you love about yourself. But also, if you're at a place where it's like I maybe I could do something about this. Maybe I could walk more. Maybe I could run more. Maybe I could talk to friends more about this. Maybe I could speak to my partner about this. There's, I think with that, with self-love, there is stuff you can do that can help. The, the other thing that I would say is just be careful not to force toxic self-love. Oh, yeah, toxic. Is it toxic self-love? To- yeah. But toxic positivity and toxic self-love because it's absolutely okay to go, and look in the mirror and go, do you know what? I fucking feel like shit today. And it's fine to accept that. So that's where body neutrality is actually really good because it's kind of going, I don't hate myself. I don't love myself because it's like having fake happiness. You can't be happy every day and you're not going to look at your body every day and go, do you know what? I look like a fucking well beater. Absolutely. And that is so true. Like even today, I'm not 100% today. I had to leave the gym because I was basically sick. Mm-hmm. I got back, I was looking in the mirror, I was like, ugh. I literally feel gross. I was like bloated as anything because I've been sick. Holding my belly, I was like, don't feel great today, do you, Lucy? No, cool. Baggy tea, carry on. And I've accepted that I'm having a shit day. Yeah, yeah. That's and you've fine. just got to be like, cool, move on, carry on. I, I, I think at, that's important. I looked in the mirror today and I was like, I've got 
my car took like Pinocchio, <laughs> the little wooden man, but it's not going to stop me from wearing shorts. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It, and, and most people won't give a shit apart from you. And that's why I've said before, you're your own worst self critic and the other thing that we do is we we already base and it's the word i'm looking for we we automatically make assumptions on what other people are thinking about us oh, even yeah. though they haven't made those assumptions in the first place and they're often the worst ones absolutely so just i think having that body neutrality thinking accepting sometimes do you know what i don't feel great or look great today i can accept that i'm gonna have days like that because i'm not supposed to be after this way, I can't always agree with body positivity. I'm not supposed to be fucking jumping for joy every single day because sometimes about those lows, we don't have those highs. And it's the same with success and failure. If we don't sometimes experience failure. It's very hard to have success. And as long as you are always learning, you will never fail. Yeah. Do you know what's actually a really good film that kind of describes this? You know that Disney film that I showed you the other day, Inside Out? The one who saves the day is sadness. sadness yeah. Because... You have to have, I'm not absolutely not saying to be sad, but in certain situations, you have to appreciate how you're feeling there and then. You don't need to fight it. Like the body positivity mm. movement. Great, yeah, cool. Think it is fab. However, if you're genuinely feeling... There's some, sorry, I, I, there's some good things some good for things it. From it yeah. If you're genuinely feeling not great, don't force yourself. It is absolutely fine not to have a great day that's important because th- but then also remember your day can change around and you can start to feel great like doing this podcast yeah, yeah. i instantly feel better but i think by accepting that and going do you know what i feel like shit what can i do to like make me change my mood having that thing that we yes, discussed before having, having the happy buffet that you can go to okay i feel like shit today what are the things that i can go to immediately to make myself feel better i'll listen to lucy and ben on a podcast hey i'll vote for them on the podcast <laughs> but doing things getting outside doing things that you can do immediately to make yourself feel better is very important. So if you can accept that, it's, it's a it's a much easier way for you to move on rather than going, I must be happy and make yourself feel even worse because of it mm-hmm. and set just unrealistic boundaries or or have fake graf- gratifications that are going to come back and bite you in the arse. And it's very true with that point I just made about sadness. One of the worst things is when you feel like shit or you're having a bad day or you feel really sad and people are actively trying to force you to make you feel better. It often makes you feel worse. Just I think just being allowed to be within yourself sometimes and feel a little bit like shit is often helpful rather than kind of forcing people to be fake positive. Yeah, absolutely. And that was a fantastic podcast. I was going to say fantastic question to end the podcast on. But I really enjoy those podcasts because Mm -hmm. obviously you can tell me and Ben don't know each other's questions. So it's it makes us think. And I think it's great. They're such enjoyable podcasts. And it will make you think twice today or tomorrow about how many pieces of tissue paper you are using to wipe your bum. Oh my God, I can't I mean, wait to show Carl that. I think that's a big thing that we take away from this one. Also, if you are listening, anus all, I'm just here saying I'm, I'm well open for a sponsorship. Yeah. Well, hmm, hashtag ad, anus all. <laughs> Imagine, how would you imagine trying that? to film that one. You couldn't film that. We'd have to do the debate between how would you wipe your bum. Yeah, that it's could actually all be hilarious. Sens- censored. Yeah. Just saying. Well, Just saying. as again, guys, like we said at the start, it would mean so much to us if you can click on the link in the YouTube description or the show notes of the podcast and drop a vote to the Not So Fit Couple podcast. It would mean the world to mm. us. And I think the voting is open over the next three to four weeks. Yeah. We'll obviously get them in early. Oh yeah, get them in early. Get it done. Get it boxed off. Set it in your diary, to-do list, <laughs> whatever it may be. Right on your forehead. Yeah. 
And as always, guys, thanks so much for leaving reviews on the podcast, for sharing and tagging us on socials. We love to see it. We absolutely love to see it. So have a fantastic rest of your day or evening and we'll catch you next week. Bye, guys. Bye, guys.